What do you love to do? Can you remember the last time you had a hobby that didn't involve an ulterior motive? That didn't involve money or hustle culture and that made you feel maybe a little bit vulnerable and afraid to be judged? I want to hear about that story. We all have something that gives us passion and it's my goal to re-inspire you to find the joy in your life by talking with other people about the things that make them happiest. I'm Megan Bream. This is Anything But Beige. Let's go. Hi, my name is Jen and I love hypnotherapy. This is going to be such a cool episode because I am super fascinated with not only just hypnotherapy, but your story. So um, I want to talk about the beginning and how you got into hypnotherapy, but how it developed into empowerment and all that stuff. So um, I guess let's just start at the beginning so that I stop rambling. No, that's great. Yeah. So I always say my story started on September 11th. Was it? Yeah. September 10th, 2011. And that was the day I got married. So, you know, your wedding day is supposed to be the happiest day of your life. And I remember waking up that morning and the first thought that popped in my head is I'm making the biggest mistake of my life. But then in the next thought, I said, but I can't do anything about it because I'm going to disappoint everybody. So I literally walked down the aisle to a man who was in love with another woman still and made sure I knew it. Like he didn't keep that secret and he was really only marrying me because he needed a replacement for his mom. He wanted someone to support him and look after him and cook and clean and take care of him. He didn't really want a wife. He wanted a maid and a wife, like a maid and a mother. So, but I married him anyway because I didn't want to disappoint others and because this is something that took me a long time to admit, but honestly, I didn't think I could get better. I was thought so little of myself. I literally at the time thought, I'm just lucky that somebody wants to marry me. Like, I should just be lucky that someone's even asked me to marry me because I w- didn't feel I was worthy of love. So I got married and things just got worse in the marriage. He assumed now because we were married, he could do whatever the hell he wanted. And he did. And he treated me like garbage. And I was trying to be everything to everybody. I had a business at the time that kept me super busy. I was trying to look after him. His parents lived close by. I was trying to do things for them. I was trying to do things for my family. I was trying to do things for my friends. I was everybody, like anybody who needed it. And I was that people pleaser. And I was just being run off my feet. And I started getting sick. And I was exhausted all the time. And I just... All I wanted to do was sleep, but I just kept pushing myself. And then when sleep came, I couldn't sleep because my mind wouldn't shut off. And I just was in this like, go, go, go. And then I was in pain all the time. And I ended up in the hospital getting x-rays one day because the pain was just getting so severe. And I remember standing there and they're getting ready to x-ray me. And I remember the room started to spin. And I just thought to myself, if I just close my eyes for a second, it'll stop. Well, I closed my eyes and I passed out. I actually hit my head on the concrete floor, got a concussion. (laughs) And that to me was kind of that wake up call of like your body shutting down. And I seen some doctors after that to see what was going on. And they're like, we don't know what's happening. All we know is your body's shutting down and we don't know what to do about it. The doctors are like, one doctor actually told me, he said, oh, passing out's no big deal. Just put your head between your legs. And like they kept... 
Yeah. And they kept dismissing me and my concerns and the things I said. And they're like, they just wouldn't listen to me. And things were getting worse in my marriage. Um, it got to the point where my husband wasn't having sex with me. He didn't want to have anything to do with me. I found out he was emotionally cheating on me with his ex. He was talking to her instead of talking to me all the time. He literally would come home, sit on his computer and watch, like stare at the television, would barely say two words except for where's dinner. <laughs> and I found out later that he was still talking to his ex and I was financially supporting him. I was taking care of everything. Like I was doing it all. And after I passed out, it was just kind of that wake up of what the hell are you doing with your life? And I wish I could say that that's the moment I was like, I'm done, like I'm walking away, but it wasn't. It's still like, I kind of got thinking that, okay, I got to do something, but I was still scared because I still was so worried about what other people would think. And I didn't want to be considered the bitch. And I didn't want, I was worried about, you know, what are people going to think? Cause that was how I ran my whole life was worried about what others thought of me and making them happy so I started kind of discovering myself why am I not happy what's going on why did I allow this to happen to myself and things got worse and worse and worse and thank god at five months of marriage I walked away I just things got so bad but it took a lot of courage it took me months like I left in February I wanted to leave in November I was married in September but from November, when I decided, when I had, like, almost, like, when I passed out at the hospital, I wanted to do it. But there was always those excuses, like, oh, well, Christmas is coming, and I can't do it, it's Christmas, or, oh, it's the new year. Like, I kept making these excuses, and it's because I was scared, and I didn't know what I was doing, I didn't know how, and I was still so worried about upsetting people. And it's funny, because I didn't even tell anybody. Like, I didn't tell my best friend, I didn't tell my family how I felt, and finally, I finally came out to them and I'm like, I am miserable. And they were so understanding. They're like, it's okay. We're here to help you. Whatever you need from us, we'll support you. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, okay, I guess I'm not as big of a disappointment as I thought. So I got up the courage and I left in February and it was the best thing I did. I'm not saying the road was perfect from there and life magically was better, I had a lot of shit I had to work through. Like I had allowed myself to marry someone who treated me like absolute garbage. And he wasn't the first relationship. The person I was with before him was emotionally and verbally abusive and it even become physically abusive at the end of our relationship. Thank God I was smart enough to get out, but not before he left some bruises on me. And it was this cycle for me of going over these same things and after I left, it was like, why? Why am I doing this to myself? Why do I hate myself? Before I met my husband, I had dieted my way down to a size three, four. I was skinny. I had worked out. And you know what? All I felt was fat and ugly. I still thought at size four that I was fat and ugly. And when I was with my husband and he wouldn't have sex with me, he made me feel that way as well. He made me feel undesirable. So I had all these feelings of not being enough, of not being worthy, of not being pretty, not being smart enough. And I had to figure out why, because as long as I felt that way, I was going to keep holding myself back. And luckily I found the book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And I decided that when I left my marriage, I was going to do anything and everything to change. And I was reading all these self-help books and I found this one. And it was like this light bulb went on inside of me. And it said, your outer beliefs come from your inner beliefs. So if you don't like what's happening on the outside, you have to look 
at what's on the inside. And that was like huge light bulb moment. So I started trying to figure out what's going on in my mind. What are my unconscious beliefs that are making me feel this way? And then that's what led me into hypnosis and hypnotherapy is I wanted to uncover this and there, I wasn't doing it any other way. I wasn't able to uncover this. And I remember my first hypnotherapy session, we were wanting to figure out why I didn't feel enough. Like, why did I, why was I a people pleaser? Why was I doing all these things? And at the age of two days old, I heard that I wasn't enough. I heard my parents, my mom talking to a friend as I was in the crib beside her saying how difficult her delivery was and how difficult her pregnancy was and how difficult the birth was and how difficult of a baby I was. So at two days old, I created this belief that I was difficult and that I wasn't enough and that I had to prove myself to people and that if I wanted attention and love, I had to prove myself. So I spent my whole life trying to prove myself. I was a star athlete in school. I was, you know, an honor roll student. I was an overachiever. I did everything, but I never felt like it was enough. So I just kept doing more and trying to do everything I could to try and make everyone else happy, but it was never enough for me. So it was never enough. And by understanding that, by going through hypnosis and understanding that, I literally cut off that belief right then and there. Like all of a sudden I come out and I felt enough. I felt like, oh my God, like this is such bullshit going on in my mind that has created this belief. And it was so powerful and it changed my life. And I've been using hypnotherapy since to remove these blocks that I hit, you know, as I run up against, because in life, we're always going to run into blocks and beliefs that cause us to have this unhealthy belief. And I keep working through that. And after I had my big transformation, I realized how much I loved hypnotherapy. And so I went and actually got certified myself because it was so life-changing for me. And I thought, if I could add this to my coaching business, imagine the transformations I could help my clients through if it did this for me. And so I went and I got certified and it did. Like I transform people's lives and it's quick and it's amazing. And it just, I love what I do. And it's just absolutely phenomenal to see these people shift and uncover these stupid little stories that we tell ourselves that are causing all these big issues and how simple it is to just rewrite these stories. That's so beautiful. And, you know, it's funny, you and I were talking earlier and it seems like we have a very similar past with just having to be the overachieving teenager and not enough. And that's, uh, go ahead. No, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I, I love that you found this avenue through hypnotherapy. So I guess what made you try hypnotherapy? Because I think that un- it has an unfair stigma to it. And I think that a lot of people are, they don't understand hypnotherapy and they don't understand what it means to be hypnotized. So I get, like, how did you get through what made you interested in it and how did you start to utilize it as a regular self-care tool? Yeah. So like everyone, I kind of had this stigma against hypnotherapy and it's funny because my first introduction to hypnosis was those bar shows. I remember in college, those guys came to our town and my friends convinced me to get up on stage. So I did. And I remember clucking like a chicken and doing all those craziness. So 
like many people, when someone like mentioned hypnotherapy, I was kind of like, oh, but you know, what is this all about? Like, how is this going to benefit me? Like, are you going to be able to, like others tell me to do something I don't want to do? Like, how does this work? Like, I want to be conscious. And so I met someone who was very forthcoming about it. Um, I met this new person. She was a hypnotherapist. Um, We became friends. And I happened to mention that you know what, I've always kind of been curious, but at the same time, nervous. And I'm like, I was at a point in my healing journey where I was stuck. I kept hitting these roadblocks that I couldn't get through because I couldn't understand where they were coming from. So I was kind of working through them, but they kept popping up over and over and over again, even though I thought I had worked through them. And I was trying to figure out why. And this person said, well, hey, you know what, how about hypnotherapy? It can help with that. And like many people, I asked her all the questions like, can you make me do things I don't want to do? And she was really good. And she was very open, answered all my questions. And I finally thought, you know what, what's the harm? Like I'm at this roadblock. I can't get through. It can't get any worse. Like just give this a try. Sure. And I'm always been very open-minded about things and about trying new things. I've done my spiritual journey. I've done Reiki. I've done Theta healing. I've done all these other alternative modalities and been really open. So I'm like, well, this is just one more thing to try, you know, and if it doesn't work, oh, well, like, at least I gave it a try. So I did. And it was magical. Like, I was awake the whole time, which people don't understand, like, you are conscious during this whole thing, you're just, it's like being in a really deep meditative state to where the point you can access your subconscious. So you're still present. I was still talking, they were asking me questions. And I was just able to go back <clears throat> to those stories that I told myself, to those times in my life where I had created these unhealthy beliefs that had got me to where I was today. And once I experienced it, I realized how profound it was. And that's why I think I'm so open-minded, especially even now, it's like, okay, well, what if I had been closed-minded and hadn't tried this? Where would I be with my life? I wouldn't be where I am. And Yeah. So with hypnotherapy, it's just, you're going deep. You're going so relaxed. You're so easygoing and it's just accessing the mind. Cause the thing is our subconscious mind is like a hard drive in a computer. It stores every memory, every moment of our life is stored in the subconscious. So even if we can't remember those moments, they are stuffed away there. And up to 50% of our beliefs are created by the age of five in our mind. The way we act, the way we think, the way we do things is created. 50% of those beliefs are created before the age of five. And who can actually remember much from that age frame? That's fascinating. Wow. Yeah. And then by 18, we have about 90% of our beliefs. So by the time we're told we're adults and can be our own person and make our own thoughts and feelings, we've already had 90% of our programs. We've only got 10% left to fill in with what we want to fill in with. So by the time we're adults, we've been programmed to be this way, to think this way. So I like using money as an example, because everybody resonates with money. So if you have a problem with money you either spend too much you don't spend enough think back if if you heard your parents say things like money doesn't grow on trees what do you think we're made of money you know where do you think that money comes from um rich people are evil like how many times do you hear that as a child and the thing is is if you hear that enough 
you plug that belief into your subconscious mind and it goes in the background working saying, okay, you think money is evil, so we can't let you have too much money because you're not evil, so we can't let you have that. Or, oh, money doesn't grow on trees, so you know what? you're never going to make money. You're never going to be successful because money isn't available to you. So these things you hear at a young age, they're shoved in the back of your mind, but they affect your outer world. But then you don't realize that they're there. And that's where hypnosis is so powerful is it allows you to go back and say, what belief or what thing did I hear is creating this belief? That's, uh, you know, you were saying the money thing. And of course I just started thinking about what did I hear about when I was a kid with money? Because my family was super still is like super bad with money. And I didn't actually learn that credit card interest was a bad thing until I met my husband who comes from a family that is better with money. And like, they, they pay everything off. And, and I was like, people do that. What are you talking? Like, I thought you just accepted credit card interest. And so it's, it's funny to hear you say that and then kind of reflect on the 90% of your thoughts and your beliefs thing is crazy and scary how much of that is during such a, a tumultuous um, formative time, you know? So that's, that's fascinating. How do you, if you have these beliefs, you have your 90% formed by 18 and you're starting to realize that, maybe the things I've learned are wrong or wrong for me. Um, How do you recommend people start addressing something like that? Yeah. So the biggest thing is to uncover why, because a lot of times we see the outcome we don't like, but we don't understand why we have that outcome. So the biggest thing is to start understanding the root cause because you can't heal the result if you don't understand the cause of that result. So it's understanding where does this belief come from? And once you understand it, and once you can look at it from adult eyes, because a lot of times when you see these things, like me two days old hearing that I wasn't enough, now that I'm in my 30s looking at that, I can say, oh, well, I can see why I created that belief, but now I know it's bullshit. Like I know that it's not... Um, it's nothing to do with me. It was my mom's own issues. I was perfectly, you know, beautiful and healthy and enough as a little baby. And I can see that now and I can see how that is, but we carry so much emotional baggage because of those things. Like I cried and cried and cried through that session. Well, I talked about it because there's so many emotions and that's the thing. It's not always the thoughts it's the emotions that we carry with those beliefs so if you felt worthless and useless and unloved there's so much sadness and anger there that are built up inside of you at the end of every month i'm planning to do a q a special answering all of your questions either about what we just talked about or anything in between i'm happy to hear back from you and help you out if i can if you could do me a favor and go to thebeigehouse.com slash askmegan, you can leave your comment or your question. I'll be able to answer it on the next Q&A episode. Again, the address is thebeigehouse.com slash askmegan. Askmegan is all one word. Thank you so much. I look forward to hearing from you. That you need to let go of until you release those emotions 
you can't process that feeling and move past it. So it's looking at it from the adult eyes. It's processing through the emotions. It's crying. It's getting angry. And it's a lot of times I get my clients to say what they would have said back then. You know what? At two days old or at three years old, you couldn't say anything because it's an adult figure. So a lot of times you, you're told that you're, something is said to you. You're put down. Someone says something to you. And at three, you can't say, well, I think you're an asshole and I don't believe that. You can't say that. But now you can. So now I get the people to say, what, would you, what did you wish you could have said? And it's powerful, like the stuff these people say. And they say what's on their mind and they swear and they tell the person exactly how they felt. And it's like this weight lifts off your shoulder and you're like, oh my God, I just, I feel so better, so much better now. I got this off my chest. I said what I needed to say and I can let it go. And then you do, you just let it go. That's beautiful. I just, how does somebody start recognizing that they have an issue, one, that they have an issue and two, that hypnotherapy might be a good way for them to address it? Yeah, so there's a few different ways. One of them is if you find you're keep making the same mistakes. So say, you know what, <clears throat> for business, for say, you're working on your new business, you want it to be successful, but you keep making these same mistakes. You keep blowing money, you make the wrong investments, you know what, um, or even in relationships, that's another big one. You know what, you say, oh, I want this happy, healthy relationship, but you keep dating those same assholes over and over again. It's like same person, different face. And those are the patterns. If you see these negative patterns showing up in your life, it means there's a negative belief that's causing those negative patterns. So once you start identifying those negative patterns, that's when you want to start going inside and looking at it and going, okay, why? Why is this pattern here? And then what is the belief that's creating that negative pattern? It's like, just reminded me what we were talking about before of like the, the negative mindset and like addressing it and making that... It sounds to me that, and forgive me if this is silly, but like, it sounds to me that hypnotherapy in a way is a fast track of therapy. Would you agree with that? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So the hypnotherapy, um, form of hypnotherapy I'm trained in was actually created by a psychologist, one of the top psychologists in the UK. And the, what we do is, yeah, we're going into your subconscious. We're dealing with things right there. So we use um, some forms of therapy. We use um, some cognitive behavior therapy. We use NLP. We use little bits of therapy techniques while in hypnosis. And that's the thing is it, it fast tracks your process. So what could have taken you, like for me, I did therapy for two years after my divorce. And in two sessions with a hypnotherapist, I worked through more than I did in two whole years of therapy. Wow. I was able, yeah, I was able to process all those emotions that I couldn't with a therapist. I was able to process them, work through them, see where things came through and release them. Cause with it, I found with the therapy is a lot of the talking, it was great. I could get things off my chest, but I wasn't actually releasing those feelings or releasing those emotions or f truly feeling them. I was still kind of holding them in. Whereas the hypnotherapy forces you to deal with them and to address them, but it's in a safe way. Like you feel comfortable. You feel like you need to let those go. And throughout the whole process, we're talking to you, we're interacting with you. So I've had people where I've asked them, are you ready to let that belief go? 
And they say no. And it's like, okay, well, why? Why can't you not release that? So then we start understanding why. Maybe it's a safety thing. It's been keeping you safe. It's been, been protecting you. It's like, okay, it's been protecting you, but what also is it holding you back from doing? Is it worth is it worth what it's been doing? Or are you done needing protection and can it can we let it go now? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I guess I don't need that protection anymore. I can protect myself now. I'm strong enough to do that. So you can let it go. Do people usually replace that with something else or do they just completely dissolve that need for that safety, whichever that, that thought was providing? Um, either or. Some people need to replace that with something else and other people can just let it go. It depends on your mind and how long you've had it and what it's done. So sometimes we can give that um, belief a new a new structure or a new reason or a new something else to do. It doesn't have to hold you back. So if it was meant to keep you safe, well, maybe we can give it a different job. Maybe it can do something else in your life instead. And a lot of people, they're just willing to let it go. They see the negative consequence that it has on their life and they just don't want to hold on to that anymore. And once you're willing to let it go, it just dissolves. And Yes, we replace it with new thoughts. That's another thing is, so at the end of the session, once we've uncovered all your beliefs that have been holding you back, we then put new belief systems in you. So the end of the, of the session is telling you what you wanted to hear. So, and with mine, I'm very personal. So before the session even starts, depending on whatever our session is about, I have people tell me in their own words, what is it that you really want? If you got rid of this block, what would your life look like? And I get them to tell me how it would look, how they would feel, how they would act. And then at the end of the session, I put those beliefs into them. And I say, you know, now that that's all gone, your life looks like this. You feel like this. You act like that. And then they take that portion and they listen to it for 21 days after to just further ingrain those beliefs. So that becomes second nature. Instead of I'm no good with money, they now believe I'm amazing with money. Money comes to me easy. You know, money flows to me every day. Like it's affirmations on steroids is what I call it because that's what it is. We're taking these affirmations and we're directly inputting them into your subconscious mind and saying, this is what you believe. This is what you're going to have. We're just going to put it there for you. So I want to talk about the workflow of a session with you. So we, we talked about someone is realizing that they keep doing the same thing over and over again, and they either are a little bit cognizant of why, or they're really not understanding why they're keeping doing this. So um, how do you recommend people prepare for hypnotherapy? What is a hypnotherapy session like? Like what can they expect? And um, when, when should someone say like, okay, now I'm ready. I need Jen's help. Sure. So a pre-session is, pretty open and that so the biggest thing is just knowing what you want to change that's the biggest thing coming to it because I need to know what to ask your mind so I'll ask you what question do you want to ask me so I'm not just going to say well hey why do you have money blocks or hey why do you hate yourself because that may not resonate with you so I get you to tell me what is it that you want to shift what do you want to uncover what is the belief so then you tell me exactly you know if you say I want to know why I don't feel enough, or I want to know why I keep getting into these shitty relationships. So we get you into hypnosis, we do the deepening, we get you into that nice, relaxed state. 
And I asked you just that. I asked you to go back. And I asked the mind, take me back to the first time you created this belief, where the root cause of this belief came from. And then I tell the mind exactly what you told me and say, go back to the root cause of the moment that you created this belief that you couldn't have healthy relationships or the moment you created this belief that you couldn't be wealthy or successful. And your mind takes me back there. And we open up this scene and we see where it happens. And then that's where we go through talking to the other person, saying what's on your mind, feeling the emotions, feeling how you felt, because it's not just about the scene. It's about how you felt about that scene, what emotions were going through your mind. And I go through multiple scenes. We don't just go to one because a lot of times it's not just one moment in life. And I find a lot of times it's sometimes that first or second scene isn't the true root cause maybe it's that third scene. And sometimes if I need to, I'll even go back to a fourth if I feel like we're still not at that root cause and I'll keep digging until we find, till I know. I'm very intuitive. So I always know what to ask. And I always know kind of when to stop and when we've got to that root issue. And then we work through, you know, changing your belief system. We work through um, re rebuilding those beliefs into something healthier. And there's so many other tools as well, like finding out, like I said, you know, if, if that f belief had a purpose in your life to protect you or for some other reason, what was that purpose? Can we give that another purpose? It's really going through, and there's so many tools I pull out and each session is so different depending on the issue and the person and what comes up because every once in a while, sometimes scenes won't come up at first. You'll get to that first one and people will like, I don't see anything. And that's okay. Sometimes you don't. So then it's, okay, so what are you feeling? Or there's other techniques I can use. So I've never met somebody where we can't get to the root cause. And it's not always the same process for everybody, but we can always get to something. We can always uncover a belief. I had some one person, um, this is very common with first responders, people with PTSD, because they've learned to block emotions. They've learned to block things out. So I did a session with someone with PTSD. She was a first responder and her scenes kept going black and black and black. So then we went back to doing some inner child work and I just asked her, what are you feeling? Like, what are those heartbreaking things? What are those sad feelings that you feel? And she goes, well, everyone's going to die. And I was like, oh, okay. And I said, why is everyone going to die? And she's like, because I'm not good enough. And I was like, wow. So it didn't even take a scene. All it did was just feeling into that inner child and feeling why. And it's just, yeah, that's the thing. It's just shifts and changes and is transformational. And then, like I said, then the recording is just as important. It's, it's kind of like that, um, you know, and a new habit takes 21 days. And that's why the recording is so important is because it keeps implanting that because as you go out into the real world and you start going out in as this amazing new person with these new thoughts, life is going to throw things at you to test you and to try things out. So by further ingraining these thoughts and beliefs and these affirmations into your mind, it just keeps you feeling that new feeling and keeps that going in your mind so that when things come at you, you can better handle them. How do you not take that in? yourself during those sessions of like you just had a first responder say well everyone's going to die because i didn't do enough like how how do you protect yourself in these kind of really tumultuous and emotional situations yeah so i've been an empath my whole life i didn't realize that i didn't actually realize that till after my divorce and i started on my self-care journey because 
growing up, I, it's funny, I never talked about this much before, but I dealt with some depression when I was a teenager and I never got help. I denied it because in my family, that was a no, no, like in my family, you didn't talk about that stuff. It's funny. Just last year, I found out that my grandmother had mental health issues and my family had put her in a, in a mental institution for a while. But this, I just found this out. I will be 37 years old here this year. And I just found that out because my mom was of the belief that if you don't talk about it, then it doesn't happen. So like her sister was a drug addict, but we never talked about his children. We never had the drug talk. We never had the sex talk. In my mom's mind, you just don't do it. You don't talk about it. You just don't do it. And the same with mental health. And so I found myself at 14 going through depression. She took me to the doctor. He asked me, are you depressed? My mom's there. And I'm going, no, 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 I'm not depressed. No way. Nope. That's not me. Because it, to me, it was a stigma in our household, that mental health. So what I found out though, later on in my life is that depression came from feeling too much because I was a people pleaser. I wanted so desperately to make everybody else happy, but I could feel how everyone felt. I could feel disappointments. I could feel anger. I could feel all these emotions flooding me that I didn't know how to do it. There's so much going on inside of me that wasn't mine, but I didn't know how to process this. And I assumed it was mine because I didn't know any better. So when I started my self-care journey, one of the biggest things was learning how to manage this energy and not to take it on. And I admit, I don't do a lot of sessions in a day because in a way they are draining but they don't, I don't take it on anymore. I don't take on people's issues. I feel it with them. I help them through it and it can make me sad and it can do those things, but I don't let it make me change. And then at the same time, I see the transformation. So yes, we go through these sad, hard times, but then I see how happy and wonderful and amazing they feel after. And then that just lifts me right up. So it is a little bit draining, but it doesn't, I don't allow it to take over anymore. Like I would have in the past. That's beautiful. And a incredibly healthy, <laughs> very strong mental health. Uh, when you have a client and you give them, you know, this, uh, this session, the recording for 21 days, what other recommendations do you have for people to work to, I guess, work through this? Like I see your vision board behind you and I have mine over here. And so um, do you recommend doing visualizations or things like that? In addition, like what, what is the full toolkit after a hypnotherapy session? Yeah. So the recording is really important. Listening to that at least once a day, keeping on that. But I'm also a huge proponent of journaling to me journaling changed my life. It's one of the best ways to access your subconscious mind without the hypnotherapy, because there's something about writing pen to paper, like the actual state of writing that you can actually access a different part of your brain when you start. So I get people if they can to journal every day and it doesn't have to be big and expansive. It's just getting those thoughts out, especially negative feelings. Cause if you're not expressing the negative, you're not allowing the negative emotions to move through you, they stay stagnant. And when they stay stagnant, um, there's this quote, um, the expressions that cannot release themselves in emotions, cause the body to weep, something like that. And that weeping is when we hold in emotions, it actually causes physical pain. So muscle pain. Um, I've seen cancer. I've seen people cure cancer through hypnotherapy by addressing 
um, the root cause, what was that emotion that you haven't been willing to let go, that once they let that go, the cancer disappears and goes into remission. So physical pain, physical illness, disease can all be expressions of emotions that you're holding in and won't let go. So through journaling, people are allowed to express those things in a healthy way. They can say how they feel. I'm also big on letting emotions out and telling people to feel things. Like if you're angry, something happened at, to you at work or in your family, you know, you can't always say how you feel to that person. You can't always get angry and mad in that moment, but you can later on during the day. You can feel those emotions. You can let them flow through you because if you don't let them flow through, they build up like a volcano and eventually they are going to blow. And a lot of times they blow on somebody who doesn't deserve it. Someone will say something, usually like a husband or a friend, someone who you feel safe with. They say one little thing that triggers all those built up emotions and it all just comes spewing out on them. And then you feel bad. And then you start with that cycle of, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Bad me. I can't say anything. I'm just hurting people. And then you start bottling it all up again until it happens again. So learning to express those things, journaling, expressing yourself is really important on a daily basis. Well, and one thing which will be our good segue into this is you were, a lot of the things you're saying about how, um, you know, oh, I'm hurting people or, oh, I, you know, this isn't, uh, I'm, me trying to be better is having consequences for other people. And it's basically like being polite and being a people pleaser. So I want to talk about your workbook and your guide, your people pleaser to help yeah. people pleasers, I should say. <laughs> yeah. So I created this guide. It's called the people pleasers guide to saying no without the guilt, because as people pleasers and as the nice girl, we have a hard time saying no to others because we're so worried about what they think or um, will I upset them or will they get mad or well, they won't think I'm the nice girl anymore. They won't like me. So I created this free guide and it's a five day mini course and it helps you to start uncovering, um, not through therapy, but it's questions, journaling questions to help you start uncovering why you have these beliefs. Why do you have to please others? Why are you afraid to say no? And then it's simple daily action tips that you can do to start building up that confidence muscle that gets you closer to feeling confident enough to say no. So it's kind of a mixture of action and subconscious mindset work and by the end of the five days you just start feeling more confident in your ability to start saying no when you really want to because we as women say yes too much when we really shouldn't and then we get exhausted and burnt out and we don't know why and it's because you know we just don't know how to say that simple little word yeah and that's so where can people find this guide uh, they can find it at bit.ly slash pp, um, was it pp saying no. <laughs> and, and I'll link to it too in the show notes, of course. But if people want to find out more about empowering themselves through hypnotherapy, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, so you can find me on social media, um, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Live Your Remarkable Life. Or you can find me on my website, liveyourremarkablelife.com. And let's talk about your podcast too. Oh yes. I have a podcast also called live your remarkable life. And 
It is a combination of stories from successful women who weren't always successful, and it highlights their struggles to get to where they are. And the lovely Megan has been on my <laughs> podcast as well. And then I've got some solo podcast episodes where I share tips and tools. I talk about hypnotherapy. I talk about journaling. I talk about all kinds of things that'll help you get closer to becoming the woman you want to be, to becoming more empowered, and to be able to live your remarkable life. Love it. And like I said, good branding. You. <laughs> <laughs> this was so super interesting. Thank you so much, Jen. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Hey guys, Megan here. Before you go, I would love to ask a favor of you. It is so helpful to have reviews on new podcasts as it really helps iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all of those guys find out that you're really enjoying it and that they should show it to new people. So if you wouldn't mind just leaving a quick review about what you think about the podcast, I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much again. I'll talk to you next week. On the next episode... Honestly, I sort of fell into it. Uh, I had a background in marketing and public relations and event planning and did that for a little bit. I then went to business school and ended up consulting in uh, computer technology, which was sort of a very far, uh, very different uh, arena than what I was previously in.